It has been a difficult year for a lot of reasons, hasn't it? A lot of memes out there about 2020 and how nasty it's been between everything. Well, for local farmers, on top of everything that everybody else has been going through, a new thing this summer has been hay fires. It's been a terrible year for hay fires. At least a half dozen uh, fires in local farmers' hay crops. And it does a lot of damage. Um, you know, obviously takes away animal feed that they're trying to create and burns down buildings in some cases and creates a lot of heartache and frustration and just worrying about your hay when we have had weather that hasn't necessarily been optimal, but you're trying to get your grass in and then having to worry about will this hay burn uh, is just a, an, a constant pressure for farms trying to sustainably grow their own feed and feed their animals here locally. Welcome back to The Farming Show. Dylan Honkoop here on your Saturday morning. Um, like I said, several different hay fires, at least that I've heard about, could be uh, more that I haven't heard about. And, and joining me right now is a local farmer over in the, the Ferndale area who suffered just um, within the past week or so a really big hay fire and a huge loss. Uh, Albert DeBoer, welcome to the program. And, and talk about what happened. How did this all start? How, does this, how do these things take off on a farm? Oh, thank you, Dylan, for having me on the program. And uh, to make a long story short, uh, like you said, hay... Making hay this year is a difficult thing, and especially the big bales. And uh, if you bale them too wet, they tend to heat up. So farmers tend to take precautions and stack them outside and watch very carefully that they don't burn. And uh, sometimes uh, we don't take enough precautions or uh, we miss something and we have a fire, and that's what happened to us. You can't leave hay outside indefinitely, though, either, because you don't want it to eventually get rained on. At some point, it's got to get into the barn, right? That's right. Uh, hay that gets rained on, even in the bale, uh, does not improve. So that's like a chemical process, right, that causes it to like spontaneously combust, essentially is what happens with hay, right? Yes. If you have uh, moisture levels above, well above 10% for big bales and 20% for little bales, there's a, a chemical process. And I didn't believe it at all, but I think mm -hmm. if you Google wet hay burning, It'll give you a very good explanation. It's really uh, an amazing process. We've talked about and dangerous. this. Yeah, we've talked about this a little bit before on the program. Uh, even had a local fire chief, I believe, uh, years back, talking about this and and how it all happens. It's really counterintuitive because you know the basic logic would be well, if it's if it's wetter, it would be harder for it to catch fire. But it has to do with the the like you said, the chemical process. Uh, within the bale. So how how does that practically work out in the field? Like you have to cut the hay, dry it, tet it, you know, to keep turning it and rake it. And then you have to make that call, right, on, on when you're actually going to put it into the bale. Yes, that's right. And like you said, there's a lot of time pressure. And this year was uh, rather unusual because you had very few uh, four to seven day windows of hot weather yeah. and the uh, humidity was so high. So it was very hard to get hay dry. You would think the hay was ready to dry when you rake or ready to bale when you raked it and you get out there with the baler and the moisture is still way higher than you expect mm -hmm. uh, because of the humidity and, uh, and the weather conditions this year. And obviously with the six or so fires we've had in the County, 
it's it's pretty obvious that that's the case. So. So how did it happen with this hay? You bailed it up, and then how do you monitor hay like that? Because, like you said, you don't just put it in the barn right away because of the concern about it. Well, because uh, some of it was high moisture hay, and the pressure was that it was going to rain that night. That uh, mm. uh, So we bailed it, and it was high moisture, so we stacked it outside. And uh, we actually did have some bales. It was a month later, I think, that were... Uh, at the point of combustion, we separated them out, and we actually had one burst into flame, and, and uh, a week later, we sorted everything out, and we thought everything was good, and they went in the barn. And we don't know for sure if those were the bales that mm-hmm. started the fire or, or other bales. So uh, this we can really be don't. weeks and weeks, even over well over a month after, where you still have to be vigilant about what could happen or, or worried about, you know. It it's just seems like so much pressure for such a long time. I heard it takes at least 20 days for the the damp bales to combust. I'm not sure exactly what, 20 to 40 days, so yes. Wow. So how did how was the fire discovered? What was it like? It happened, or at least it was found early in the morning, right? Yes. Uh, I was actually milking my cows, and I went out to get my cows in the barn, and I got a phone call from my potato farmer neighbor who was driving by the barn, and he called at 6.15, and he said, your barn is gone. I looked wow. out, and every corner of the barn was completely on fire. Wow. And potato farmers were out there at 4 o'clock in the morning uh, harvesting potatoes, driving right by the barn, and they didn't notice a thing until I got a call at 6.15. So it happened that fast. There was absolutely nothing fast. I could do. It happened that fast. Uh, the fire chief thinks that it was probably burning internally inside the barn and then got to a certain point, and the whole building was engulfed. And I'm sure there's pictures on the internet. We have pictures that anyone that wants to see them mm. and see what it was like when I saw it for the first time. So what did you do then? I mean, what's going through your mind at that point? <laughs> I looked and I drove over there and I moved my tractor out of the way and I there was absolutely nothing I could do. And I went back to milking my cows because I still have to milk my cows. Right. Yeah, you and can't, I, I you can't leave them hanging. I can't leave them hanging. I called my son and he moved the tractor out of the, another tractor out of the way, so... And uh, there's nothing we could do. Absolutely nothing. Well, I'm sure the firefighters came and then started putting a bunch of water on it? They they put water on it. They called in an excavator and uh, almost immediately started moving the metal out of the way and, and trying to keep the, the hay under control because there was such a large amount of hay. And uh, we were just very happy that uh, the wind wasn't blowing like on Monday. The, the smoke went straight up. My neighbor's house that lives right next to the barn is only 50 feet away. Mm. It was not even singed at all. So we were very thankful that our neighbor's house didn't go. There were no cattle in the building. We lost a lot of hay and a few small pieces of equipment, but uh, it could have been a lot worse. If it would have been the main farm, all our cattle and and everything would have been in danger. So so we're thankful to God for that. So. That is Could have that, been worse. Yeah, that's amazing and a miracle that the house that close didn't wasn't damaged or yeah, caught it, fire as well. Yeah, yeah. Albert DeBoer, uh, Ferndale area dairy farmer, on the program with us here on the farming show this morning on KGMI. Dylan Honkoop with you here. And uh, talking about hay fires, and there have been several of them, a few different barns lost and a few different fires that uh, burn, you know, burned up hay, which is a loss, but thankfully happened outside. Um, what's this going to mean for you? I mean, how, how much hay was lost on top of losing the whole barn? And, and what's that going to mean for trying to feed your animals? And, and I understand you would sell some hay, too. What's that going to mean for your farm? Uh 
I think the biggest thing is we, we lost all of our cow feed. Uh, but I have a friend, a farmer friend that has extra and he's already brought a load of hay to help me out, mm. uh, which, uh, for which I'm very appreciative. Uh, we also sell a lot of hay and most of that burned out. So we're going to have a uh, tough time serving some of our customers, uh, which, which is the loss for us. Um, and I also have another farmer friend that volunteered to come with his excavator. So he's helping to clean up because, uh, uh, it happened on Tuesday and it's still smoldering and it probably will for several days. So we're trying to keep everything under control. My son's been up three nights in a row, just watching it, make sure there's no further damage and, yeah, so uh, it's it's uh, still burning and overwhelming in, right now. So yeah, so it's still burning and could flare up again potentially. Uh, mostly smoldering, but there are places where you can see ashes developing. You know, you don't see flame, but it is kind of gradually burning in there. But we we have water going on it most of the time, and now we're digging it out and shaking it out and soaking it with water and stacking it up and. So you can't it, do anything with it until the fire is out. So. so it's not like it all just burned up and it's gone no. and just some ashes left. There's a lot of just partially burned hay. Partially still burned there. hay. There's a 15 foot pile of hay yet. 15 feet tall. 15 feet tall. Yeah. Oh man. So what 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 do you end up doing with all of that? Well, that's the question we're trying to oh. answer. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, I would we're think maybe you could co- uh, spreading it out like and soaking it with water and trying to get the fire out. Yeah, because you know the smoke affects the neighbors too. You oh, know, yeah. and you don't you don't want that either. So, but I've been told that a fire chief told me that they had a hundred baby bales bale burned somewhere, and it took a week to get it completely get the fire completely out. So, and this is how many times more than that? Uh, I would estimate that we probably had three hundred and fifty four hundred ton of hay in there. That's unbelievable, and no. and none of it will be usable. It's all partially damaged. There. There, uh, there's nothing even close to usable. No, man. What, what did the firefighters say too? I mean, had they been at a fire that I know, like I've heard some of the details about some of these other fires around here. None of them are are that big. Have been that big. That's huge. Uh, you know, basically the barn burned down, and then it was just a glowing hay. So it it really went fast. And so it was not really uh, an emergency or uh, any danger to anything else. Right. So it was kind of, I thought it was kind of unusual. Like, like we said earlier, the house didn't even get close to catching on fire, and it's only 50 feet, 100 feet from the build, from the barn. Wow. That's amazing. Have you ever had anything like this before? No, I have not. No. How long have you been farming? You've been farming most of your life, haven't you? You're, I grew you're up f- on a farm south of yeah. Linden uh, right. on my dad's farm on the Bialsma Road. Yep. And I've been making hay for 50 years. Wow. Well, you've done pretty good then, because I know people who haven't been making hay that long who have had uh, fires. Yeah. yeah. Sorry that it happened. Had to happen now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A very difficult situation. You said some people have been helping out. Is there anything else that, you know, I don't know if anybody in the community could do anything to help you? We've had a lot of offers to help, and I've been trying to think of something. But like I mentioned, my son has been up every night for three nights. Uh, so I, if somebody wants to sit and watch, we actually have water <laughs> available there. You know, my wife called him at midnight because there were some flares up. So he had to get out of bed and he was up yeah. all the rest of the night again. And, uh, so if there's anybody interested in just sitting there, it probably might be boring, but, uh, <laughs> you know, we really need to monitor it because we yeah. don't want anything to happen. We don't want it to flare up and burn down the neighbor's house or anything like that. So, and if anybody has any, uh, um, ideas or on how to deal with wet hay and put it out quicker uh, we'd like to yeah. 
and you then know, put the fires out as quick as possible and if any way of disposing of it yeah what to do with it after even yep. once the fire is out i mean yes. if you have a small amount of hay you can spread that out on a field like with manure or something but that much i mean you're going to smother whatever you know you can't put that on grass you're going to smother the grass underneath and there's all know. nails and debris in there so you know you really don't want to put it on your field either you need a huge magnet processor to get all the metal out somehow i That's guess right anybody has a big magnet yeah well i know there's some things around i don't know i mean maybe hearing this interview will put uh you know a bug in in somebody's ear and certainly if somebody has an idea um give me shoot me an email um just dylan at realfoodrealpeople.org is is probably the easiest email address to remember or d honkoop at uh, savefamilyfarming.org uh, or, or a couple of email addresses to reach me, and and if you've got an idea or some some thought on on how to help uh, in a situation like this, I could uh, p- put you in touch with the right folks. So uh, and Dylan is spelled D I L L O N. So Dylan at Real Food Real People. That's my Dylan at Real Food Real Food Real People dot org uh, is my email address for my new podcast, and probably the easiest way. Uh, to get in touch with me. Again, we've been talking with Albert DeBoer, a dairy farmer out in the uh, Ferndale area. How many how many cows do you milk? How big is your, your operation out there, Albert? Oh, we have one of the, the smaller dairy operations, Whatcom County. We milk about 130 cows. My son and I are, have been in partnership since 2014. Uh, and uh, to help us make a living farming, we had this hay business on the side, and that's right. helped us do fairly well f- over the last several years in spite of real difficult times for dairy dairy farmers. So. Yeah, because that number of cows, you know, that's why a lot of people have, you know, gotten bigger because it's it's tough to make everything go with that number of cows even though it's a different style of of operating and very hands-on. I'm sure what you and your family do there. I mean, that that's that was my family background too. I don't know. I'm sure you probably know, you know, both sets of my grandparents had small dairies like that and Shoot, even on this topic, I recall when I was a kid, my grandpa had a, a bit of a hay fire in, in his uh, bunker. In fact, I, I own that building now, and the the charred wood is still in the walls of that old wooden bunker uh, there to remind me of, of uh, hay fires every time I go out there. So, in fact, I have a tractor that still has melted plastic lights on it, a melted seat, because... Uh, it was so close to the fire when the those bales caught. So I, I I've known about this, and it's been something that I've been you know had some certain level of fear over since I was a young kid. Uh, what can happen with hay there on the farm? How long have you been out there in in at the spot that you're at? Uh, almost thirty five years. Thirty five years. Been there a long time, and near the river and out in a, just a gorgeous part of of the county out there. Um, Albert, thanks for being willing to share your story. Uh, what, what, what kind of advice would you pass along to anybody uh, after having gone through this, this kind of situation? Make sure your hay is dry and yeah. keep it outside until it is, because it's devastating when, uh, yeah. when you have something like this. So. Well, you take care. Best of luck. And uh, we'll see if anybody has any good ideas. And I'll certainly pass along anything I hear um, your way. All right. Thanks a lot, Dylan.